Hello and welcome to The Kicker, the weekly podcast from Louisville Business First, your number one source for breaking business news and market intelligence. I'm editor Lisa Benson. Joining me this week are reporters David Mann and associate editor Brent Shanding. David's going to talk to us about his cover story titled Breaking Up is Hard to Chew, and Brent's going to tell us about this week's Partners in Philanthropy special publication and luncheon event. But first, let's check in with David, who was a good sport and let us go for the pun with this week's headline. His story takes a look at the structure of Louisville's iconic restaurant company, Yum Brands, Inc. And there's some growing noise in the investor community about whether the company should continue to operate with three brands under one roof or if one of them should be carved off. So first, David, remind us about Yum Brands and why it exists as the way it does today. So Yum Brands started its uh, about 20 years ago. Um, they, the three restaurant brands that is that are included, KFC, Taco Bell, and uh, Pizza Hut, were all a part of PepsiCo. Uh, PepsiCo decided they're getting out of the restaurant business, so they put the three restaurants together and spun it out as its own public company. Um, and uh, they've done some acquisitions and uh, and dropped a few things over the years. They used to have Long John Silver's, they used to have uh, A and W, and they've sold both those. Uh, about five years ago, and now it's uh, it's those three, and um, you know it's it's kind of been that way uh, I guess for the last few years where they haven't done a lot of cross marketing and that sort of thing of the three brands. So, and now there's this analyst um, named Mark Kalinowski from Numara Group, um, and he's been banging the drum for a while that it doesn't really make sense for Yum to have these three sort of unrelated brands under this umbrella. And why does he say that? Right. So his argument is the reason that the three brands are together is because Pepsi wanted to get out of the restaurant business. Why is that a good reason for these three restaurants to be together? He says they don't have a lot of synergies between them, so they don't share a lot of resources. They don't cross market. They have headquarters in three different cities, which is inefficient. Uh, And he's kind of been um, banging the drum of let's – look at the structure of Yum for at least going back a couple of years. We found some stories where he had uh, he had been saying spin off Taco Bell at least that long. Um, so he's kind of, um, you know, he's not necessarily saying break up the company, but he's, he is saying that it's time to look at the structure of the company. And specifically, he said that Taco Bell could be spun off into its own company. And what is it about Taco Bell that makes that the more... Uh, logical spinoff. Taco Bell is different from the other ones because Pizza Hut and KFC are both international brands that operate in um, upwards of 100 countries. KFC operates in more than Pizza Hut, but um, Taco Bell only operates in like 20 countries, and it's much smaller than the other two. Uh, People outside the U.S. uh, just aren't as into Taco Bell (laughs) as they are into pizza and chicken because chicken's a popular dish around the world. So is pizza. So it's interesting. And now, so the backdrop of all of this is right now the company is trying to spin off its China operations. How is that going? So yeah, so um, about a year ago, uh, Young Brand said they wanted to uh, take the China business and spin it off into its own company. So Yum operates around the world. Uh, they are a franchise a franchisor of these three brands. But in China, they operate restaurants, which means they do the ordering, they hire the people, and run the restaurants. So that business is different in China than it is in the rest of the world. So they decided we're going to spin this off. We're going to have a spinoff be the franchise. Uh, they will be our franchisee in China. So that's what they're doing there. That's been in the works for almost a year now. It's supposed to wrap up in 
October, although Yum has had some trouble uh, finding a major shareholder to buy into that in China uh, because they, they're kind of arguing over the details of who controls what and that sort of thing. So. And what did Yum say when you approached them about this idea of breaking off a brand? They weren't necessarily interested in talking about it. Um, they said, right now we're, you know, we're sh- thinking about our strategy after the spinoff, and we're going to talk about that in October, which is when their investor meeting is. So, you know, I can understand they want to announce this to all their investors, not just me, (laughs) in the middle of August for no reason. (laughs) So I get that. But we did want to talk to them more than we did. They they issued a statement and kind of explained what their strategy is so that they were sports about it, uh, but um, wasn't able to do any interviews or asking specific Mm. questions of them. And there are some observers that you talk to who say it does make sense for Yum to operate as it does. Right. So um, uh, the analyst here that, that's suggesting breaking up the company, you know, he, he's not the only one saying that, but um, not everyone is saying that. Mm-hmm. I talked to a couple other people who said that uh, Yum makes sense to have those three together because the larger they are, the more scale they have when they're negotiating for things like restaurant equipment and uh, advertising, marketing, consumer research. They can have all that under one umbrella and share those resources. And Yum says they do share those resources. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a, a matter of scale um, that I think um, maybe Kalinowski's not looking at that directly. Like, uh, obviously, he knows it's there. He covers the restaurant industry, and he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he doesn't believe that's strong enough um, uh, synergy between the three. Uh, but there are others who say there is strong enough synergy. Mm-hmm. So. so what's your takeaway after doing this story? Does it make sense for the company to spin off Taco Bell or another brand? Well, I thought it was interesting. I put together a little box for the story that said how big each company or each brand was. And, you know, KFC had this many restaurants in this many countries. And uh, Pizza Hut had this many. And I was like surprised I guess I knew Taco Bell was smaller but I didn't realize when you looked at the comparison side by side actually got the numbers and was like wow that is much smaller Mm -hmm. so I guess I could uh, see it Um, you know I could see why people would make the argument all right well thank you thanks for joining us David and sharing your perspective Uh, we also did something special with this story for our print subscribers this week we created three different covers with images of our stack challenge of our staff chowing down on Taco Bell tacos, KFC chicken, and Pizza Hut pizza. And our readers got one of the three covers. We displayed them all on page two of the print edition this week, so be sure to take a look and see which cover you liked the best. Now let's talk with Brent Shanding, our associate editor in charge of our many special publications and projects through the year. Brent just put the finishing touches on our huge 50-plus page Partners in Philanthropy publication. Brent, explain to our listeners what Partners in Philanthropy is and why Business First puts it together. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Uh, Partners in Philanthropy is our uh, annual publication where we recognize companies who have given back to the communities uh, in a big way. So Business First recognizes these companies because they're often overlooked for what they do in the community. So this is just our way of saying thank you for helping Yeah, that's a cool thing that we do. Um, And so inside the publication, we've got tons of data about corporate philanthropy. Um, Tell us about how we gather that information and then how we present it to the readers. Uh, Sure. So we start in April by taking nominations from employees or other individuals who suggest to us uh, some names of charitable companies. 
Then we issue surveys to the company and ask them to self-report their annual charitable giving uh, from the previous year. We also ask them to give us some insight into how many volunteer hours the employees uh, contribute, and that's kind of the basis of how we begin the, the process. Great. And we got to give big thanks to Allison Steins, our research director, who puts all this together for yes, us. She spends she a lot of hours on it. Yes, she does. And then, so we put that, uh, we rank them in categories, is that right, according to revenue size? Yes, that's that's right. We, re we rank them in three categories based on revenue size. So this year, we actually recognized 30 of the biggest givers in town, uh, from Kentucky Select Properties to Zoller Pump Company to Human and its foundation. Um, so we basically rank those on their cash contributions to charity in 2015. Yeah, that's great. I was really surprised about the level of giving in this community. It's a very yeah, philanthropic it's, It was group. impressive that some of these people are giving millions of dollars back to our community yeah. to do great things. And then we had our event at the Galt House this week where we honored some of the biggest corporate givers. And how do we choose who we recognize? Yeah, so... As I mentioned, the, the winners are actually going to be ranked based on their charitable giving. So those with the highest cash contributions will be the winner. Um, all of our honorees are, are ranked basically by cash contributions. And we had about so. 10 finalists in every category? We did. We had 10 finalists, and we recognized the top winner in those three categories. And week. we also had some new special awards we gave this year. Which were those? Uh, that's right. We added two new awards. Uh, we added the inaugural uh, Young Professionals Association of Louisville Award, and this went to a member of that organization who's contributed to the community. Uh, we also honored a Volunteer of the Year winner, which went to a woman who dedicates hundreds of hours each year to the Kentucky Derby Festival. And you can read interviews with those people online and in her special print publication that came out Friday. Fantastic. And so if folks want to get involved in our next edition of Partners in Philanthropy, how do they do that? Yeah, so in spring we'll be pushing, pushing out nominations to area businesses, but right now you can email me to be considered for next year's awards. Uh, my email address is bshanding at bizjournals.com. It's B-S-C-H-A-N-D-I-N-G at bizjournals.com. You can also find my contact information at the Business First website. Cool. Thanks, Brent. And really, if you have any questions about any of the special projects and publications we do for the year, reach out to Brent. He's got all the information for you. Thanks to Brent and David for joining us today to talk about what's going on in their world. If you aren't a print subscriber, you really miss out on great content like this from our reporters and editors. The folks in our audience department can get you a great deal, so be sure to reach out to Debbie Denton here at Business First to get hooked up. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Kicker. Thanks for listening.